Welcome to the show where three generations of family go head to head on a variety of topics. You got one Gen X, Kaya, one millennial, Noe, and one Gen Z, Chris. No matter what the topic, you can bet it's going to be up for the beat. You know, I'm glad that we're all together, but unfortunately, this particular show is not, you know, one like we always do because this one is about more serious topics and that those serious topics are the Israel and Palestine continuous war. And um, obviously we know that Hamas recently launched an attack on Israel, which killed many men, women, and children. And I think we as, well, not I think, we as a show, as a movement, we denounce any acts of terror on um, on any people. It, it's, it's grotesque. It is absolutely horrendous and um, we totally unequivocally denounce it. Um, that being said, we really wanted to delve into the Israel-Palestinian um, conflict because it's a little more nuanced than just saying, I stand with Israel or I stand with Palestine. Because this conflict has, it goes back a long time. So because of that, we want to kind of just do a short paperback version because if we did the, the, the long version, we'll be here for the centuries that it took for Palestine and Israel to develop the amount of issues that it has between each other. Like, I, I, I think we're better off kind of describing how it affects our, you know, situation here as opposed to necessarily attempting to inform others about the history of it. Because I think, because like you said it, because it's so nuanced, I don't think us explaining or trying or attempting to inform would do it any justice being that it's a little bit more involved than just you know what happened this last october or this this past no yeah it, it obviously is more involved than what just happened uh with with what just happened but europe's involvement and the united states involvement is plays a big role absolutely and what's going on and i guess that's what i mean when i ask who wants to go first uh well i mean I'll, I'll say this and perhaps this will spark the rest of the conversation but i think as american citizens and especially as um consumers of media i think it's you know our responsibility in a way to do our due diligence and paying more attention to where our american dollar goes um and not just that but being very privy to propaganda um because as history tells us the media will have you hating the oppressed and 
essentially championing the oppressor without you even really knowing it because of their tendency to sway public opinion and affect public opinion um, via news outlets, um, language during, you know, certain, you know, news coverage on certain situations. So um, in terms of, like I said, where your American dollar goes, I think we need to pay more attention to that because those are the things that, you know, you really don't get informed about. And that's essentially what fuels a lot of these international conflicts. Um, so with that in mind, um, if it's not already, pub- not already public knowledge that America does fund the Israeli uh, government and army, true? We're all in agreement on that? So Yes. Um, in excess of $3.3 billion. Billion dollars. So when they say they're sending the biggest Warcraft over there, that's as Mark Lamont. That's in addition to. That's in addition to. And like I said, as you know, Mark Lamont Hill put it, it's a drop in the bucket. It's a drop in the bucket. Um, so, Ma, if you want to just kind of briefly explain um kind of what this conflict is outside of just Hamas bombing Israel just so that we have a baseline understanding for this conversation moving forward well number one as the U.S. is involved well U.S.'s involvement in 1948 Harry Truman was the first to recognize Israel as a Jewish state. He proclaimed the establishment. That was the creation of Israel in 1948, as per Harry Truman. Now, I'm not sure how the United States could now create another state 10 plus hours on uh, via aircraft away from where I particularly live in the US how they can have that type of control in another region of the globe, I, I, I would never know. And this was after the Belfort Declaration in 1917, which was started by the European government. And the Belfort Declaration was favored by President Roosevelt. See, there's a lot. And I'm trying to say it without putting my own my own opinion on it, right? But um, the Belfort Declaration, if you will, it was started in 1917, November of 1917, and it was the establishment in Palestine of a home for the Jewish people. And it was made in a letter from Arthur James Balfour, the British Foreign Secretary, to Lionel Walter Rothschild, a leader of the Anglo-Jewish community. Though the precise meaning of the correspondence has been disputed in its statement, it was generally contradictory to both the Sykes-Picot Agreement 
and the Hussein McMahon correspondence, an exchange of letters between the British High Commissioner in Egypt, Sir McMahon, Henry McMahon, and Hussein Ibn Ali, the Emir of Mecca. So the Balfour Declaration issued through the continued efforts of Chaim Weissman and Nahum Sakolo, Zionist leaders in London, fell short of the ex um, expectations of the Zionists who had asked for the reconstitution of Palestine as the Jewish national home. The declaration specifically stipulated that nothing shall be done which by prejudice the civil and religious rights of existing non-Jewish communities in Palestine. The document, however, said nothing of the political or national rights of these communities and did not refer to them by name. So basically, this declaration that was spearheaded by a non-Palestinian said, you know what, Jews, you can now come to Palestine and this is going to be your home henceforth and forevermore. It did not give an, an amount of time that they could stay there. It was just like, y'all could stay here from however long. So uh, United States has, has, has interfered. Europe has interfered in both Palestine and the um, Israeli homestead. Like, I don't understand how, but either way, you have Palestinians that are there and you have Jews that are now um, shipped there and saying, okay, this is, can be, this can be your home. And people say, like I heard on the view the other day after the Hamas attack, which we, again, we denounce that, oh, well, um, Palestinians started it. I don't want to say who started it or not, but if, I'm not even allowed to live in my own homeland as a Palestinian, because even though some Jew Jewish settlers left, most of the Jewish settlers left in early 2000s, the, the Israelis still occupy the entire, the entirety of Palestine on the surrounding, like they occupied the surrounding areas by land, by sea, and by air. So if they can't get anything like commerce or trade or, you know what I'm saying? How are they supposed to live? How are they supposed to eat? How are they supposed to hospitals? You know what I mean? They call it an open air prison. United States pays for Israeli to continue to occupy Palestine. And Biden has just announced that at first he had just announced that he was going to send aid more billions to is, is um, Israel, but then after pushback from some of his Palestinian citizens, he said he wants peace for both. 
which we should all want. So he said he is pushing for, he's speaking to Palestinian leadership and Israeli leadership for a two-state compromise. Yeah, too late for that. I think for him personally speaking, he's already done. Who, and Biden? Yeah, it's a wrap for him. Because it's just a situation he didn't handle correctly. And also for the US, I mean, some people probably look at it and they're not necessarily wrong for looking at it this way. This doesn't happen without the US. And then for you to then be on TV, you know, just kind of like talking to the uh, the Israeli, was it the prime minister, president or whatever, the leadership over there. Like you just, yeah, so you're having this open conversation like, hey man, I'm so sorry for what's going on with you. And it's just like, yo, you talking to this dude after they just bombed like people in their houses. Like they just killed mad kids. Like if you think about it for Americans, you go to war. I mean, I would assume it's the same throughout. That would essentially be a war crime if you're just killing innocent people. But at the same time, it's almost like, yo, looking at the way the whole Russia and Ukraine thing went down, I'm very interested to figure out how the way this went down, how you're on TV, like, hey, I'm so sorry for you guys, but you're not really saying anything about Palestinian folks outside of, oh, hey, there's pushback. So I want everybody to be happy. And it's just like, it's too late for that. I mean, it's too late for him in regards to, he might as well not even run for president again. That's not gonna happen. It's over for that. And then just the handling of it, I mean, you just make it look, one, he made himself look bad personally, and two, he made Democrats look bad as a whole, because I mean, it's it just the handling of it was poor to me personally. I just, <clears throat> excuse me, I just don't think you can. And as you said, I, I don't, obviously, I'm not Jewish, Israeli, Palestinian, Sunni, Shia, I'm none of those things. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I'm just outside looking in, getting my news secondhand through some source reading or whatever. And it's kind of just like, it doesn't matter to me who you are. If you get up and it's just like, hey, we're going to send 50 missiles into that community over there, wrong is wrong. Like there's just, there is no room for that. And if you can't, to me, as the president, if you can't get up and be like, yo, regardless of whether or not we supply you with stuff, that ain't it. Like, whatever, if y'all wanna, cause the same way that you handled Ukraine, oh, we're gonna help Ukraine and we're gonna help aid and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that. I would say as an individual here in America, this has nothing to do with us. We're essentially like from a fighting perspective. Now, before I finish that point, you have the whole situation of, oh, they're killing Americans over there too. And then all of a sudden it becomes an American problem. And then you want to get involved and act like, so to me, sometimes you don't know whether it's propaganda, the way you're doing things or, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, now go get them. That was because, the dog whistle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you never really know how that stuff works.
But to me, I'm looking at it like, you know, you had billions of dollars to send to Ukraine. You're funding these dudes with billions of dollars. And now you're sending people like Ron DeSantis is talking about. He's sending true or sending stuff to um, Israel and all that other stuff. So it's like I'm looking at what's happening in the states. Like y'all can't even forgive student loans, but you're sending monies for wars that you can't even fight. That That's not yours to fight. So if you're going to go and help people, no doubt, do your thing. But you mean to tell me that you had however many billion you sent to Ukraine, printed money, made money, digitized, whatever you did, and then you got another however many million for this, plus you're sending more. You got Florida governors talking about they're sending more, and you can't forgive more than ten dollars or $20,000 for student loans for people? You can't provide homes? For all of the veterans or the homeless people roaming the city, you can't provide health care for people who need it. You, you don't have funds for people who might not, you know, be able to afford things where you can just say, okay, no problem. We can if you could come up with $10 billion to send to Ukraine, you could come up with $10 billion to do something for people here in America. And again, that's not to diminish or take away from anything that's going on over there. It just doesn't make sense the way things work. I mean, to be honest, I don't think it will ever make sense to a you or I, but I think this situation, and because I'm not as well-versed as somebody who may be directly involved in said situation or what have you, I can't really speak to much of the history or the whys or the hows, but in terms of what, as a citizen, we should do, I think this situation is another example as to why we need to educate ourselves, not on just current situations, but the reasoning as to why these current situations happen in the first place. Um, case being, right, as you mentioned, Noah, you're saying um, they have all this money to send to Ukraine and um, Israel and what have you, but can't do things over here. I, I don't put it past them to believe that they're not ignorant to what's going on here. I think they're very aware of, you know, what's happening here and where they can allocate certain monies for, for, you know, certain things, but. Oh, wait, 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 before you say that, I just want to clarify one thing. So when mm -hmm. I said that, well, essentially what I mean by that is they know what they're doing and they're mm -hmm. choosing not to do it. So I oh, make that yeah. Clear. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but for the average person, well, for the average naive person that believes that the government does things out of the kindness of their heart, that is never the case. A government is pretty much running a business in concept, the country being the business, right? So when you think about, you know, who lives in Jersey, who lives in New York, they're not concerned with that. They're really concerned with big picture stuff, right? And when you focus on big picture stuff, the details get scrubbed out, details being the individual person. Right. So, again, when it comes to, you know, them sending a couple billion dollars to Ukraine, a couple billion dollars to Israel, whatever the case may be, that's not. For well, no it's reason. not a couple. It's a few. Right, right. It's, it's, it's not for no reason. Right. These are calculated decisions. They're not giving something without expecting something else in return. Right. There's an ROI on every decision that America makes, whether or not you're informed about it is a different story. But again, that's the reason as to why we need to educate ourselves because when it now comes to news media coverage and who they place as a villain and who they place as a hero and certain rhetoric that they put on certain things, it's for a reason. 
to sway public opinion to say, you know, uh, when they have all these commercials now for Ukraine or whatever, it's playing on that that emotion in the average citizen to say, okay, I should send money there. Because the average person is not going to think, well, wait a second, why am I giving money here if they taxing me like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't make sense because they're not expecting the average person to educate themselves on the whys. So now to make it, so now to get you to make a decision takes nothing. Just takes a couple commercials and a few social media apps. Facts. I don't disagree at all. If you think about it, right? Like Chris said, ROI. So everything boils down to interests. So what is in the best interest for them? Them being now, America, United States. I'm not, I'm, I don't have on rose colored glasses to think that, oh, if you just pour back into your own communities, everything in America will just be great. That's not me. But when, like Noe said, you literally have veterans, the ones that literally fought to end the wars that you're now funding on the street. You want to run, you know, you, does that make sense? Or you have mm-hmm. a healthcare system that is probably one of the worst in the globe. Yet it's a $4.4 trillion system. Yet, yet. And then you have a, not only the, the healthcare system, but let's not go to the, the prescription the pharma, the big pharma. Let's not go to that. I was just having a conversation with my husband about that today, about the amount of money that I've paid for prescriptions over the last couple of months in this country. And then you have the people that, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the mothers that may be you know, working jobs that they may not have the the resources that they need for uh, childcare. So they, they live in paycheck to paycheck and they, you know, they just, they just need a little more to get what they need to get so that they can make it. But everywhere they go, they're getting a no, no, mm-mm. pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Mm-mm. You should have, you, uh-uh. you shouldn't have had that baby up, oh, but you better not have an abortion. You understand what I'm saying? So you don't want to help me when I have the baby, but then if I try to end, you know, end my pregnancy before, you know, it get you, you better not end that pregnancy. You're a killer. So which one is it? You have this this vast this vast system that just don't give two shits about anybody in this country. But as soon as somebody overseas, but overseas that is not brown, get that right. Because if you're brown, you better turn around because America don't care about you. But if you if you like, it's all right. All is right. <laughs> what you said? What you so said? It is all right. It is all right because America will come running to your rescue. They will come running to your rescue. But you have you in in this country, and this is this is my 
honest belief. I, like I said, I don't have rose colored glasses on, but I really believe that if we had enough money within this country that was poured back into the country where we um, took care of our um, homeless veterans, where we took care of our homeless. How is it that in the, the city of that, that's where everybody goes for their dreams, you got tents, you got rows and rows of tents, skid row in Hollywood? That's where people go to live their dream. This is where people go to break into the business and, and want to be the next Barry Gordy or the next Denzel. But you got rows and rows of tents, people just living on the street. And this is in this country. If you took care of them, if you took care of the people, the mentally ill, that you just literally just let them go. Like the mentally, they, you, they just roaming everywhere around this country. You don't take care of them. You don't take care of the, the disenfranchised. You don't take care of the kids. You taking arts out of the school. You taking, what are you laughing at? <laughs> you know, of every producer you can think of, you came up with Barry Gordy. Barry Gordy, that's, that's Last Dragon. Barry Gordy is, um, he, he's responsible for a lot of people. Let me tell you something. Yeah, tell you something. Listen, I'm a Gen X. She's I'm a Gen X. Yeah. Generations. I'm not going yeah, <laughs> Barry Gordy Barry is back Gordy. in my day. Shout out to everybody that know who Barry Gordy is. Thank you. Yeah, I was saying. Like, he said, he's like, to be the next Barry Gordy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next Timberland, the oh, next mom, Swiss Beats—is that, that better? I'm just saying, like, I'm just all right. Oh man, when you said that, all I saw was Jackson Five American Dream. <laughs> I was like, "There's five hours on a." Barry Gordy did Last Dragon. American Dream is crazy. So anyway, so they're taking arts out of the schools. So many schools are shutting down. Like there's there's no real um real resources for children now. That's Especially true. if you live in inner cities, there's no real funding for resources for kids in inner cities. So what are kids doing? So you you don't you have this cycle, this continuous cycle, and then you're not going to um do anything about the kids because then you have the media that's pushing the the news saying uh black male uh um robbing old woman and you better hold on to your so-and-so so then more people are buying guns the nra is 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 caking up you know what i'm saying it's to your point to your point and this has kind of been my main thing and i i for any listener that's within my age range um I've been I've been talking to a lot of my peers about this because I feel like a lot of my not just my peers but I, I see a lot of older generations doing this as well but um and it's really not our fault but we're feeding into we're just we're just being fed what they're giving us right and the reason that we're getting fed what we're given and what I mean by the the what is you know this substanceless you know, propaganda, social media, processed foods, all these things, like all these, we're, we're, we're focusing more on 
the dollar than the qualitative facet of things now, right? So much so that it's basically, like you said, stripping the substance from all the pillars that we once had within the country, right? So America now is like the really good looking chick at the club that when you meet her, she really has no substance. Like the chick talk about she she ain't going in the cheesecake factory, but she ain't got no man. But here's the thing: the way the reason that we look like that, especially now, is because we're desperate. America is acting out of desperation, right? If you were to personify America as a person, they're acting out of desperation. When you act out of desperation, you know you don't make good decisions. We're acting out of desperation because America, like any any um empire falls at a certain point and you can only be but so evil but so wicked and but so untrusting for so long before everybody that you once were connected with and allied with realizes that and turns against you so we're a ticking time bomb before america really falls to its knees when do you think that happens i think very soon no 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 no. i mean like as you so when you say America is desperate, taking time, blah, blah, all that stuff, I'm asking like, when do you think that really came to fruition? Because for me, this is one of the first times where, and I'm not trying to make this like a political thing, but I think it's just easier to understand. Where like a Democrat president was in office and I really was looking around like this is super sketchy because for me I always say like the majority of the time when Republicans run the way they speak about their campaigns and their plans and all the other stuff it's just a bunch of stuff I simply cannot relate to and Mm. I always talk about um I forgot it I can't remember his name but essentially Mitt Romney and he was just like hey if you need a million dollars or if you need a business loan borrow a million dollars from your dad I can't relate to that. Most people can. And I look at the Obama years. And to me, when I think about that being followed by the Trump years, being followed by the Biden years, there was a substantial difference in the reception and perception of America in those eight years when Obama was there Versus the day he left and every day since. Like at that time. I'd agree with that. The relationships, the country, everything, the trajectory seemed to be going where you wanted it to go. Whether you liked him or not, whether you liked everything. I didn't like everything he did, but the old. Well, no, I can honestly say that because remember the Tea Party was um, the Tea Party faction of the Republican Party came about during Obama's tenure. Yeah, so I'm just generally speaking, like just an overall view, essentially. Like, I don't know, when I just look at the way this whole thing kind of is going, it's kind of like it was just, damn. But I can't figure it out. Like I'm trying, like, cause it feels like we're in a space where it's like, okay, there's too many different things where it's like, this is going up, this is going down, this is going up, this is going down. And there's no balance across anything. And then I feel like the 
world view of America has diminished. Where to the point where you have countries who are like done with them. Um, we, yeah, we're gonna group with these people and do our own thing. We're gonna go here with these people and do our own thing. And as Chris said, I believe that you're right. I think that has created a desperation. Because when I watch Joe Biden, I the word desperate is actually the perfect word. Because when I watch him speak and talk, whether he's talking to people, whether he's speaking at a press conference or whatever, that's literally what I feel like I'm getting. Like a desperate attempt at something. I don't know if it's a personal thing, but even if it is a personal thing, that dude's the president. So it's like, yeah, I'm not really down with with that. It just seems there is some kind of desperation in the air, and I just don't know where we go from here. Like you just, everything is going backwards. Like everything from, and looking at this whole um, Israel-Palestine thing, it brings me back to just the handling of it publicly. Like if you're going backwards to the point where you can't even do that right, you can't even speak about that right or address it with the proper, with the respect that it deserves or be willing to actually stand up and say, yo, nah, bro, like that ain't it. Like you're literally talking to someone that just bombed innocent people. It's one thing if, and it's, it's whatever, like, oh, they're fighting, they're back and forth, they're this and that. To me, number one, I feel like America's always in somebody else's business that they don't really need to be in. And it's usually in the Middle East because they're trying to get to that oil. <laughs> what did you spell? Oil. Oil. <laughs> Tried to kill my father, man. Tried to kill my father. And so, and that's the thing about it. It's like, yo, why are you always in somebody's business? Like, you need some business? Go get some. You but remember... Sorry. Hey, you want to mind some business, please come mind mine. Help me. Shoot, help right? Me. You know what I'm saying? Send me a couple of dollars. You know what I'm saying? Do something. You want to give somebody something, send it here. Send it to the people outside. Send it like, it's just, it, it makes no sense. And then it's just, when you, even when you think of certain things like the handling of it and just the overall seemingly backwards stepping that we're doing or what do you what do the church folks call it backsliding yeah <laughs> like even like if you think of like the food industry it's almost like so you have a 4.4 trillion dollar healthcare system but for some reason can't really regulate food the right way people are always sick and then the ingredients that you put in your foods are banned in other countries. What are we doing? That's a huge thing. Like I mean, everything right there, across the board is just backwards. Like it, okay. and it just and it it seems like it's getting worse. Like I remember, what was it? Uh, 2008 to 2016, like in that Obama term, I remember people from all walks of life, all shades, all ethnicities, everything seemingly being like hopeful of the future. Oh, oh we're going to have this and they're doing this and we're going to, and there's unity and we're coming together and 
the world is working and get the it just seemed like and again i'm not trying to like put the obamas on a pedestal but i think as far as the presentation of the white house and for black people the way you should you know carry yourself in the white house and just overall as people in public office i think those they did a excellent job that's a great way to put that and when i look at it now i'm just like Bro, we followed that up with Donald Trump, which I think was just, but if you think about it, think about the progress we made and then the way the world started viewing us once he got in office and they were like, yo, bro, this is what y'all, this is what y'all are. Here's the thing. You know what's, you know what's. It was a direct rebuttal. I I think because of that, Donald Trump, above anything else, was honest to who he was as a person. Agreed. Right. So and I think I was talking to you about this at, at some point earlier in the week, Ma, where I rather the evil that tells me that it's evil. You understand what I'm saying? So before Donald Trump, right, you still had things going on that were unbeknownst to us because we just had no knowledge of it or it wasn't given to us or we just weren't educating ourselves when Obama was in office. You had a whole bunch of stuff going on when every president was in office because America has just been that type of country from its inception. Right. So the closet has always been closed. We're just now at a point where all the stuff is just pouring out of the closet because there's no more space. Right. And Donald Trump was the catalyst for that, because now other countries weren't looking at, you know, the evil that was smiling. It was looking at the evil that was just like, yo, this is who I am. So now they treated us as such. Right. And the same thing with, with, you know, regular citizens. We're now seeing America's true colors. It's not hidden behind a veil anymore. Thanks. You know what I mean? Like we're we're racism is now well not now it always has been but now it's just like it's coming back. No, nah, we we're not gonna hide it anymore. There's no reason to. But 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 to bring it to bring it to to correlate it, I, I um honestly to Hamas. Hamas started out as a nationalist movement, right? Kind of like the Proud Boys or um, Antifa or one of these, you know, one of these things that they have going on here. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And Hamas group. Hmm? This is the alt-right neo-Nazis. Yeah. You know, uh, they're nationalists. Proud Boys are nationalists. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that are that were really big, and um, they kind of um, grew legs or whatever. But that was Hamas when they first started, and then, you know, they went and they actually gained political power. But you see, a lot of these people that were um, Proud Boys or 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 a part of the January 6th um, election denier stuff, they ran for office, they got elected, and now one of the election deniers just made Speaker of the House, and he's now second in line to the presidency if something happens to Biden or Kamala. Oh, the guy from Alabama. Yeah. Not Alabama. Of all places. Louisiana. Louisiana, sorry, Mike Johnson. Louisiana, Louisiana. Yes, Louisiana. 
So if anything happens to Biden, if anything happens to Kamala, he's the speaker of the house. He's going to be president. And he denied the election with Trump back on January 6th. And he's a nationalist. Don't miss the continuation of this episode of Up For Debate. Those that are of a darker hue and that are not Jewish, even if you are Jewish, but if you are darker hue, like I am Jewish. Those that don't know, I'm Jewish. I ain't practicing, but yeah. Put your fist up, Chris. No? He's <laughs> like... <laughs> I do not describe. <laughs>